We're going to have, uh, let me just go to the Lord in prayer quickly. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that you've blessed us with technology that we can use, Lord, that even though we may not be able to be physically in one location, we are connected by your Holy Spirit. Lord God, bless not only this service, bless all the services going on all over the country, and bless the men and women of God. Bless every person, Lord. Bless our unsaved brothers and sisters as well. And Lord God, we trust you to give us the knowledge that we need uh, and the resources that we need to have victory over this coronavirus pandemic. We thank you for what people are doing, but our trust and confidence always remains in you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. The uh, church musicians now are going to give us a couple of songs, and, and then I'll be back. Amen. And bless the Lord with me. Come on and bless the Lord with me. Everybody hear me say, and bless the Lord with me. Come on and bless the Lord with me. Come on and bless the Lord.
thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank say that about our relationship with him. He said, in all things, give thanks. We can't just thank him when things are going well. 
uh, when our health is good, when our families are well, when our, our work or our um, retirement situation is good, uh, we got to thank him at all times. He said, in all situations, give thanks. Uh, Psalmist wrote, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continuously be in my mouth. So this time that we are experiencing, I truly believe, is not a time to, to test our faith. It's a time to prove our faith. Because I want the, the saints of God to remember that we are the ones who stand in the gap for the unrighteous. We, we are the ones who stand in the gap for the unsaved people in the world. And so when the Lord brings us out, he's not going to just bring out those of us who are saved. He's going to bring us all out. His rain falls on the unjust as well as the just. His, his sunshine he shares with the unjust as well as the just. Unjust simply means in this situation, in this general sense, someone who's not saved has nothing to do about if they're wicked, if they're in sin, and that kind of thing. It's just the fact that they are unsaved. Because as I always say, church family, there are a lot of great people who are unsaved, but they're unrighteous because they're not saved. So we who are saved, we are the ones who stand in the gap for this entire world, all over the world. And let us just keep on thanking God and praising him in advance for what we know he's going to do. He's going to show up and show out again and prove himself once again that we can trust him always. Just want to say a couple of other quick things. Um, <clears throat> I want to, first of all, ask the church family to keep the family of Margaret Newsom uh, in our prayers. Uh, Margaret passed um, this past week on Friday. As a matter of fact, Margaret passed away uh, after a long, long, long uh, time of being ill, but also after uh, being a tremendous testimony to the power and the glory and the authority of Almighty God. Um, the doctor said years ago that Margaret wasn't supposed to have lived as long as she did, but, but Margaret exercised her faith, and she spoke out. She was willing to say that, for God I live and for God I die, and I trust the Lord. And so the Lord extended her life years beyond what the doctors thought. Not that the doctors told her wrong. They told her as best they knew. But Margaret's life is a testimony that God always has the last word. God is the one who makes the final decision. So keep her husband, Ricky, and her daughter, Ebony, and her grandchildren, her brother, Haywood. Keep, keep the entire family in prayer. And her homegoing service uh, will be on Tuesday uh, at 11 a.m. It will be a graveside service here at the church. Also want to remind us that um, you can pay your tithes and offerings. You have a couple of different opportunities. You can pay them uh, online. If you go to our rsmbc.com page, you will see a tab there on the front-facing page that says giving. And if you select that giving tab, then there will be a drop, and you'll see how you can uh, put in the amount that you want to pay and just simply select uh, pay. Also, you have the opportunity to pay uh, with the Tithely app for your, on your cell phones. That's uh, spelled T-I-T-H-E dot L-Y. But if you don't put in the dot, if you just simply put in, go to uh, the Apple store or go to even go into a, any search engine and just put in T-I-T-H-E 
T-H-E-L-Y, the Tithely app will still come up. And then, of course, you can download it onto your phone. And then, of course, you can pay that way. And, of course, there's always the opportunity for you to come here to the church. Monday, Wednesday, or Friday of this week, you can come by the church anytime between uh, 9 o'clock in the morning until 4 in the afternoon, and you can drop your tithes off with uh, Miss uh, Jean or Miss Peggy or whomever should happen to be around here. Most likely it will be one of those two ladies, and we want you to do that now. Even though we're not meeting church family, the work of the church uh, goes on. The church still has obligations, and we still want to have our church building available for so many other things that are still happening, even though we're not meeting. So please um, continue to honor God with your tithes and offerings. Um, having said that, I think that's everything that I want to say before we get ready for the word on this morning. I tell you what, again, though, I do want to thank um, uh, April Allen and I want to thank Derek Buffalo and Miss uh, Miss Jasmine Smith for being here. Uh, Deacon Sonny Woodrow Harding is here. Woodrow Sonny Harding is here as well. And the musicians, I've already mentioned um, Brianna and Quan and Steve. And uh, Brother Bobbick has come in, and he's here as well. So um, thank you, thank you, thank you. We're getting ready to prepare for the Simonic Selection. You all can come on. Uh, get ready to prepare for the Simonic Selection. And then after the sermonic selection, for those of you who may want to just go ahead and get yourself prepared, uh, the message this morning will be from the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 7, verses 11 through 14. 2 Chronicles, chapter 7, verses 11 through 14. So you can go ahead and start looking that over. And um, after we have the sermonic selection, I will be back with the word for today. Until you come, 
the Lord For we are so unworthy to even call on your name So please, 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 Lord Hear our prayer and don't let our coming be Your spirit, your Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit, right now, right now. We're all gathered here in your presence, Lord, with our arms open wide. lifted hands and with open hearts we welcome you to abide oh, oh Lord oh Lord we need your spirit your Holy Spirit your Holy Spirit right now Your Holy Spirit, right now, right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we ask now that you allow me your preaching power. Help me to preach this word with clarity and conviction that you be glorified in your name Jesus we pray amen right where you are uh, in your homes I pray that you will be clapping right now join me in applauding uh, the musicians on this morning thanking them for preparing us for uh, the message on this morning I've already told you that um, the message is from the book of Second Chronicles in the Old Testament, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 7, verses 11 through 14. I'm going to read this from the New International Version. Verse 11 says, When Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and had succeeded in carrying out all that he had in mind to do, in the temple of the Lord and in his own palace, the Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. Verse 13. 
The Lord is still speaking. He says, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people. Verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I want to, just for a few minutes, preach from the thought, we have to stop. We have to stop. I've been wondering, like a lot of Christians, these last three, four weeks. Um, I, I've been wondering, is, is Jehovah God using this coronavirus pandemic to tell us something or to teach us something? Now, some of my brothers and sisters in Christ say, yes, God is bringing judgment against humanity for our collective sins. I, I personally not so sure that that's what he's doing. I, I know nothing happens unless God initiates it or he allows it. But uh, there are some of my brothers and sisters in Christ who say that this is God judging us. And, and some of those who are saying that, they, they've been sharing 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, which is very, very familiar to all of us because when, whenever there's a crisis in our personal lives or in our church families, in our communities, or, uh, or in our states, wherever it may be, a lot of times people start sharing 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. Um, and, and some of the folks who are sharing it now say that it applies to our present situation. So, so I've got to start to ask myself now, if that's true, if that's true, then I think we Christians, uh, we need to know what have we done? What, what might we possibly have, have done to offend God? And, and then if we know what we've done, then we can repent and God will heal our land. So let me share the backstory here just really quickly. Uh, verses 11 and 12, 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Solomon is the king. By the way, just if you care to know this, um, it's many of the Bible scholars cannot say with certainty, but they believe that the Chronicles may have been written by Ezra. And, and um, Solomon was the king at this time. He was still the king of Israel and um, he was sitting on the throne, um, and, and so Solomon was there. He had fulfilled a, a desire of his father. His father, David, wanted to build God an altar, but the Lord said, no, David, I love you. You know, you're my man, but I'm not going to let you do that, but I'll let your son Solomon do it, and Solomon did. He, he built the temple for the Lord in his own palace, and um, verse 12, Solomon now is in a good place spiritually. This is before he went into his season of uh, being backslidden and his season of turning his back in, on the Lord. And, and, and the people were in a good place. And, and so everything is going well. And, and verse 12 says that um, the Lord came to Solomon one night in a, in a dream, if you will. And uh, if you look at verse 11 and 12, verse 13 seems kind of strange. Because it doesn't seem to fit or make any sense. Um, 
when you look at verse 13. Let me, let me read it to you one more time, verse 13, because it doesn't seem to be connected to verses 11 and 12. Verse 13, the Lord said to Solomon in, in this vision that night, he said, the Lord says, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or when I command locusts to devour the land, or when I send a plague among my people. That's what the Lord said in verse number 13. So the question then becomes, well, well if things are going well, Solomon is being obedient, the people are doing well, why would God hold back the rain? Why would God possibly send insects to destroy the crops? Why would God send a plague into the land like this coronavirus that we're presently experiencing? Why would he do that to his people? And by the way, I just want to make sure we do understand we are his people because I know that in the strictest biblical sense, historic sense, this was written to God's people, the Hebrew nation, but remember now, when Christ came and died, and now we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the word tells us that in Christ, there is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. There is neither Jew or Greek. So those of us who are in Christ now, we can be called rightly his people. We can be called his people. We are his people. So, so, so I, I said, well, Lord, why would you do those things that you said to Solomon that you might do. Matter of fact, you said, when I do these things, in verse 13, the answer is found in verse 14. Here's the answer. God says he'll bring judgment, and it's in verse 14. He says he's going to bring judgment because his people have been guilty of wicked ways. Wicked ways is just another phrase that means sin. Now, I know Christians, we all can sin from time to time, but because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, we don't have a sin nature anymore. Amen. So, so I asked the Lord, well, is there a specific sin that Christians today need to repent from? And the Holy Spirit said, yes, the sin of idolatry. Collectively, not every single one of us, but collectively, in this modern day and age, at this present time, the Christian uh, nation in America is guilty of the sin of idolatry. Idolatry is when you love or you honor or you trust something or somebody uh, more than you trust God. Back in the day, idolatry basically was when people would worship handmade idols. But you can also make a person an idol. People sometimes become, matter of fact, we even had a popular television show called American Idol. You know, these singers who would try to win that contest, and if they won, they would get a big record contract, and they would be promoted, and, you know, they get an opportunity to do all these things, and, and their fans would, in fact, idolize them. So God said to me, we are guilty collectively of the sin of idolatry. The Holy Spirit says that Second um, Chronicles 7.14 applies to us because in America today, too many Christians, too many Christians seem to honor and trust and worship people more than Jesus. Even now, even now in the midst of this coronavirus pandemic, some Christians 
are praising what people do when we should be praising Jesus for empowering people to do what they do. Let, let me say that again. Some of us, even now, in the midst of this virus, when we look at what's going on and who's doing what and who's giving money, and who, some of us, even as Christians, we're praising people. Thanking people is fine, but some of us have really gotten to a point where we're praising people for what they're doing when we should be praising the Lord Jesus for empowering us with the resources and the creativity and the knowledge and, and, and the physical strength and, and, the, and the favor to do what we are doing. My sisters and brothers in Christ, we've, we've got to stop. We've got to stop idolizing people. We've got to stop worshiping people and return to worshiping God and giving him all the praise, honor, and glory that he rightly deserves. Why? Because God is a jealous God. He said so. He said that he is a jealous God. As a matter of fact, in the book of Exodus, chapter 34, there's a verse that even says his name is jealous. Amen. But listen to this from the book of Isaiah, chapter 42, verse 8. God says, I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. Amen. I, I want everybody who may hear this message today or may hear it in the coming days, I want you to know that I, I really struggled with this message um, because I don't want any of my brothers and sisters in Christ to be upset with me. I, I really don't. Um, I, I'm not trying to chastise anybody. I'm not trying to rebuke anybody. Uh, at different times in my life, I've also been guilty of putting more confidence in people than in Jesus. But see, that's exactly why 2 Chronicles seven fourteen is a blessing for us today. Because when Christians recognize that we are in sin and we repent, God will forgive our sins and he will heal our land. Amen now. E even if you think this message is, is not for you, just, just please try to hear my, hear my heart. My intention is to speak the truth in love based on God's word. In this unique time in our history, Christians need to be more unified and publicly praising God more than we celebrate human efforts. Amen. We need to be more unified now more than ever in publicly praising God more than we celebrate human efforts. We should be grateful for everything that people do, all the help that people are giving to defeat this virus and to help each other. But Christians must not fail to give God all his glory, especially right now. Even before, even long before this coronavirus swept our nation and the world, too many of us as Christians, we, too many of us seem to put our more confidence in human logic and ability than we put trust in God. Amen. Here's what I've seen. Here's what I've observed in America. After the 2016 presidential election, many Christians, Christians, many of us, stopped looking to the hills from whence cometh our help 
and we start looking to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Washington, D.C. A lot of Christians didn't think that Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton were good candidates. But Trump said things that a lot of Christian leaders and Christian influencers wanted to hear, so they encouraged other Christians to vote for him. If you support the president, that's fine. That's absolutely okay. I'm not preaching against your support of the president. God has given us all free will. We all have different thoughts about what we think is right and wrong. And uh, so you support the president or whoever it is that you think is the best candidate. Nothing at all wrong with supporting the president. But Christians should never support any leader in a way that dishonors God. Amen now. Christians should never support any leader in a way that dishonors God. And it's clear to me that some of us have put our admiration for the president above our duty to honor God. L let me share one example of, of what I'm talking about. Y'all know that some of the most famous and most influential Christians in America support the president. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. These high-profile sisters and brothers in Christ, they, they publicly praise the president when they say he's doing God's work. They often use God's word to justify their reasons for praising the president. But then when the president says or does something that's 180 degrees contrary to God's word, these same Christians say nothing. They say absolutely nothing. Or at least they don't say anything publicly. As Christians, if we publicly praise the president when we say he's doing God's work, then we have to also publicly rebuke him when he's behaving in an ungodly way. If we don't do both, we dishonor God. We have to stop. We've got to stop doing that. When we elevate any person to a level beyond reproach, we've made that person an idol. Amen now. I, I'm, you know, it's, again, I'm, I'm not, I don't call myself trying to uh, t tell anybody off or put anybody in place, but I'm just telling you what thus saith the Lord. Here's another example of what I'm talking about. Some Christians use scriptures like 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. I'll say that again. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Some of you all use that scripture, and then some of you use another scripture that's really familiar, Romans chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. Some of you all use those scriptures to coerce our brothers and sisters in Christ to supporting leaders that we say are doing God's work. Some of us use these same scriptures to justify our silence when our leaders behave in an ungodly way. When our leaders are opposing God's word, God requires Christians to speak out. When Barack Obama was president, there was a pastor named Mark Altrog. I think I'm pronouncing his name right. I pray that I am. Uh, he was a pastor of a church in Pennsylvania. And, and, and Pastor Mark wrote a blog one time during the Obama administration. He wrote a blog on what it does mean and what it does not mean 
for Christians to honor the president. And he was talking about President Obama. And this is what Pastor Mark wrote. He said, to honor the president does not mean that Christians must agree with everything the president says or does, or that we must commend or condone what the president says or does, or that we cannot speak out for the truth and righteousness. In Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 18, there's a list of seven things that God says he hates. These are God's own words. He says, I hate these things. Included on that list are a proud look. That's being arrogant. A lying tongue. That's being a liar. A heart that devises wicked plans. That means when you scheme and plan to do something that you know is wrong. Two weeks ago today, March 15th, the president had signed a proclamation making Sunday, March 15th, a national day of prayer for the corona pandemic. And, and that was a good thing. That was a good thing. I'm, I'm glad he did it. I don't know if, if he was sincere or not, but, but he did. And, and, and when he did, his, his Christian supporters, amen, uh, um, his, his Christian supporters, they, they, they were quick to praise him, and they said, see, this is another example of how the president is leading our nation in a godly manner. Amen. Amen now. That's fine. But this is also something that we got to consider. For over three years, more than three years now, this same president has repeatedly been arrogant and boastful. That's not my opinion. That's a fact. He's been caught telling lies. That's not my opinion. That's a fact. He's been involved in several plans and schemes that were Perhaps not illegal, but at the very least, they were unethical. That's not my opinion. That's the fact. And even, in fact, some of the Republicans, both in the House of Representatives and in the Senate, have from time to time said so. And yet, the president's Christian supporters have never publicly rebuked him. They, they don't say a word. If Christians use God's word to celebrate good things leaders do, we must also use God's word to denounce leaders when they are wrong. When Christians fail to be fair and balanced, some of you all will pick up on that reference. When Christians fail to be fair and balanced, we dishonor God. We hurt other Christians. How do we hurt them? Because we have great influence on them. And we also hurt unbelievers. Unbelievers, a lot of unsaved people know the Bible better than we do. And they see our hypocrisy. They see the hypocrisy of using God's word to praise somebody to the highest and celebrate them and laud them when we say they're doing God's work. But then they also see how we don't say a word, most of us, too many of us publicly, when he's wrong. And there are some of my brothers and sisters in Christ, God has blessed you to be Samuels to this president. God has positioned you to be able to talk with the president, pray with the president, give him guidance anytime you want to. I pray that you are using that opportunity in a way that's pleasing to God and not just for your own personal agendas. Amen now. 
Unbelievers see our hypocrisy. We have to stop. We have to stop. All, all Christians should want our president to be successful. And I want our president to be successful. I truly do, regardless of his politics. Because if he's successful, our nation is likely to be successful. But Jesus expects us to honor him more than we support the president. Jesus expects us to honor him more than our own political parties. Jesus expects us to honor him more than choose our own personal preferences. I'm closing, though, with some good news. Here's the good news. Even, even when we're wrong, we can get back in right fellowship with Jesus. I know that's right because 1 John 1 and 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. So even when we get out of line, the Lord will quickly bring us back if we, if we confess and if we ask forgiveness. And, and that brings us back to where we started. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says, If Christians will humble ourselves, if we will pray, if we will seek God's face and turn from our wicked ways, then Jesus will hear from heaven. Then he will forgive our sins, whatever they may be, and then he will heal our land. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah to his name. Jesus is still king of kings. Jesus is still Lord of lords. And we should never put any man or anybody above him. We may still have to suffer a while with this pandemic, but I'm confident that Jesus is going to bring us out. Psalm 27 verse 14 says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. While we're waiting, let's continue to pray. Let's continue to praise God. Let's continue to help everybody that we can help. I'm grateful for all the people who are on the front line fighting this, 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 this epidemic, and I pray for them and their safety and their families. I, I'm grateful for the stimulus package of money, but the fact of the matter is that money's going to run out sooner rather than later. I'm grateful for all the celebrities who've given generously uh, to the cause at this point in time. But my hope and confidence is in Jesus Christ. Jesus said he won't leave us. Jesus said he won't forsake us. And I know from my own personal testimony, and some of you know from your own personal testimonies, when you keep your trust in Jesus, when you keep your hand in the Lord's hand, God will not fail you. To God be all the glory. To God be all the praise. Glory, hallelujah to his name. Let us go back to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you now for this preaching opportunity. Lord, I know some may feel like I've preached or attacked the president, and Lord, I can't do anything if that's what somebody chooses to believe, but you know my heart, and you know that's not what it's about. Lord, your word says that when we engage in wickedness, sin, as the believers in Jesus Christ, there's a judgment. I don't know if this coronavirus is the judgment or not, but Lord, I do know that there is spiritual idolatry among the believers in Jesus, and we have to stop. Convict me, convict all of us of your word. Help us, Holy Spirit, to see clearly what you would have us to do, and then we trust you for your power to do it. 
in Jesus' name. Every person that's under the sound of my voice, bless their homes, bless their personal health, bless the health of their family and friends. And Lord, give us resources and creativity and opportunity to do whatever we can do as the body of Christ to bless our nation and bless this world as we wait expectantly for you to bring us out of this pandemic. In your name we pray, amen. We'll have one final selection from musicians, and then we'll go home. <laughs>